Hello to all of our listeners and welcome back to another episode of CNUSD EdChat. Thank you for choosing our podcast to learn and listen to what we believe are interesting and relevant topics on K-12 education. Today's episode features our interview with Dr. Kevin Kaleri and our co-host Anne-Marie. Dr. Kaleri is an adjunct assistant professor for the Graduate School of Education at Fordham University in New York, was a classroom teacher for many years, and presently writes social studies curriculum across the nation. And I am pretty excited to hear what he has to say because, well, I'm afraid I may have been one of those classroom teachers that really didn't give social studies its due diligence. Did you do those sugar cube mission projects? Mm, Not so much, but there were other things. Okay. Okay, ladies. Well, Kevin is a firm believer that social studies is not just a subject to insert every other month in your curriculum. Instead, social studies instructions give students the opportunity to practice the skills they need to be good citizens. So let's listen in as Kevin shares with Anne-Marie and with all of us the current shifts in social studies across the nation. Well, we had the pleasure of hearing you speak at the California Literacy Symposium put on by McGraw-Hill, and it was during the keynote um, you addressed some of the shifts or changes taking place in um, the social studies curriculum across the country. Um, So we have in education now all these sort of frameworks and documents floating around, and we have the National C3 framework, and we have our Common Core Standards. So if you wouldn't mind just explaining these documents and how they work together. I mean, there's a certain amount uh, of explaining I don't think I have to do when it comes to California frameworks. I think folks know about the history social science framework. Um, What they might not know is that the standards uh, really, there were no new standards in this past year. The standards are the same as they have been. There was a new framework developed in 2016, and that was approved by the state last summer. The history social science framework, of course, incorporates the standards and basically outlines what to teach in history social science and also gives a framework for how to teach that. Okay. Then, of course, you've got the mm-hmm. Common Core Okay. Yes. for English language arts, right. which almost everybody knows about, the California Common Core mm-hmm. for ELA. And then the newest document is what we call the C3. Mm -hmm. And that was a document published by the National Council for the Social Studies uh, in 2013 that talks about college, career, and civic life. Those are the three Cs. That was a very smart document, I I believe. And it was smart for uh, the fact that the National Council for the Social Studies had no intention of telling people what to teach in social studies, Mm -hmm. of course. As I just mentioned, you've got the what to teach in uh, your state standards, state frameworks. So does everybody else throughout the country. But the council really wanted to help educators figure out or improve how to teach social studies. And so that's why the C3 is so important, and especially something called the inquiry arc. Okay. That's a part of the C3. Would you mind going into a little bit of what that inquiry arc The inquiry arc is just helping teachers to kind of organize and formulate a a system of helping students do more inquiry in their learning. So the inquiry arc basically has four pieces to it, starting with questions, going through research, deliberation, and finally action. So it's really, it's obviously much more complicated than Mm -hmm. that, but it's really about helping kids build their inquiry 
capacity. You were quoted saying in regards to the, to these documents that it is the intersection between these documents is where good teaching can take place. Can you explain more what you meant by that? Well, specifically talking about the Common Core ELA, mm-hmm. the California History Social Science Framework, Standards and Framework, and the C3. I was really talking about an elementary teacher or a high school teacher who looks at all of these documents and where does he or she go to try and get to the good teaching. Mm -hmm. And just as an example, there is a word that appears in all those documents over and over and over again. And that word is evidence. You know it from the Common Core because Mm -hmm. of text evidence. You know it from history social science, because any history social science document is going to talk about students needing to have evidence. Mm -hmm. And in the inquiry arc in C3, one element of that is research to find evidence for one's position or for the answer, the action to your problem, your question. That, for me, is a really great example of you're helping kids understand the power of evidence in their thinking, whether you're teaching reading, you're teaching social studies, you're not teaching social studies, whatever it is you're doing at a particular point in the day, you're always helping them build capacity Mm -hmm. in those skills. In the last decade or so, we've seen what some experts have labeled the marginalization of social studies in our nation's schools. Um, And how we've seen that maybe play out in elementary school classrooms might be the rotation of a science unit is taught one month and then a social studies unit is taught um, the next month. And so the demands of teaching have led to this idea of we don't have time to teach social studies. What is your response to that type of thinking or practice? It has made me sad for 20 years now. Um, And it's very dangerous. I think we are already beginning to see some effects of this, and um, it's not going to get better unless we do something about it. I understand how it all happened. I understand challenges of a certain amount of minutes in the day, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The testing that really kind of developed from the time of No Child Left Behind, that testing was in reading and in math. Um, Certain states put in social studies tests. New York State, my own, did uh, at that early stage, but that's gone by the wayside. Social studies also went by the wayside. And it's a continuation of a practice that I think we, we take at our peril. And so that really leads me into another question. You authored a chapter in the book, um, Access to Academics for All Students, Critical Approaches to Inclusive Curriculum, Instruction, and Policy. And the chapter contends that by what we're speaking of, denying students access to a comprehensive social studies curriculum, schools silence the voices that can potentially take political and social action to strengthen our country. Can you elaborate a little bit on why social studies matter so much and how some argue is critical to American democracy? Well, you know, it's hard for me even to talk about this because it's so obvious. For me, it's so obvious. But I'm kind of a social studies guy, Mm -hmm. right? However, it comes down to the simple fact that if you don't teach children content and practices or processes, children will not learn that content or those practices. And in social studies, that's talking about everything, basically. It's talking about our history, our geography, economics, and civic life, 
and government. And the practices are things like active participation, voting, voicing your concern, having evidence to support a point that you make publicly. And we, of course, are in a moment right now where some of those things, there's not a lot of attention being paid. Right. Certainly some, uh, even in leadership positions, will make statements with absolutely no evidence. And it seems to be okay. So I think that, um, I, you know, and of course the last election is a good, uh, a good example of this idea of the, the whole fake news idea. Mm -hmm. The whole movement in our world of technology and communication. Um, you know, we've never been closer to our neighbors across the world. We never knew as much about what's going on all around the world as we do today. Kids growing up today have access to all of this, but they have no framework to do anything with it. So when a, an article gets posted about Hillary Clinton running a child's pornography uh, situation out of a pizza parlor in Washington, people believe it. Right. People believe it to the point that a man got in his car from North Carolina and drove up there with a gun. That's a big problem. And I believe that the lack of uh, instruction and the lack of kind of processes in these areas is not helping us. It's, it's as I said, we're, we're not paying attention to this at our own peril. Sure, a lot of our educators and listeners are out there hearing this with well-intentioned saying, I do want to teach social studies. So can you share what that might look like in an elementary school classroom? What does that look like, you know, practicing these habits of civic life? What does that look like in a secondary classroom? Well, I mean, there's some very, very, very basic pieces um, like voting. Ki kindergartners should vote. Okay. And they should vote often. Not on, do we have homework or do we have to shut our tiny little traps when the teacher <laughs> says so, uh -huh. but on any issue that matters enough, but isn't that important really, right. that they can practice the act of voting. Okay. The idea, I mean, if you've ever been in a kindergarten classroom and watched them vote, the person, the, the person directing the election will ask for the votes and the hands will go up for position A or whatever A is. And then position B, whatever, B, same hands go up. <laughs> so that in and of itself mm -hmm. is a huge lesson. A one person, one vote lesson at the kindergarten level is, is very, very important. Mm -hmm. But that's really just a basic. Almost more important is this idea of discourse and listening and understanding another person's point of view, this social studies is where this can happen. Mm -hmm. It's where it should happen. If we're not teaching social studies, it's not happening as much. And of course, it moves from the primary up to the high school. I mean, at the high school level, you have kids having, should be having kids having very substantive arguments or, or discussions about the death penalty. Now, you might not have that at second grade, right? but you begin at kindergarten and third and sixth and using the content that social studies offers or, or I should say, and using content from life, from classroom life. You know, the morning meeting is a really wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a wonderful thing because it allows students to understand, begin to understand what deliberation means, what listening means, what presenting a point of view with evidence means. All that is part of what social studies is and should be. And in that, do you have any must-have go-to resources that you think all educators or perhaps parents should be aware of um, where they can go find these little gems to help? Well, you know, I I have to say there's, uh, as I said before about technology, you know, there's there's so much available now, it's almost like too much. Mm -hmm. I try to curate a list of resources for my graduate students Mm -hmm. who are, are studying methodology, social, mm-hmm. elementary social studies methodology, because you cannot say to someone, just Google it, go look for it. There's too much. Right. One really good resource is iCivics, which is uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, the former Supreme Court justice. That was what the work she's done in her retirement, and that's a very powerful force. National Geographic Society has incredible educational resources around geography. There's also good resources in economics that are found in most in the Federal Reserve and in most um, state level finance mm-hmm. departments, etc. California also has, I mean, the universities alone, right? What's going on at Cal? What's going on at Stanford, the Stanford History Project? I mean, these you're like blessed to live in a place like this with so much going on. So there's a lot for teachers out there. For parents, you know, I I have a thing that I like to talk about when I'm in California that I think is probably one of the easiest strategies that a parent can use to get some social studies conversations going. Your place names here. Street names, city names, place names. California place names fall basically into four categories. Indigenous, Native American name, Spanish name, I'm doing air quotes now, Americana name, so your presidents or your East Coast town cities that people renamed for, and flora and fauna, right? Those are the four kind of, if you think about it, driving along the highway, every sign you see is going to fit into one of those categories. Or the other, the other, only other outlier is famous people. Right? A famous person that something's been named for. That, while in the car, is an incredible conversation starter with a kid that touches every element of social studies. Because, of course, you have geography and you have history, right? Why is that street named Washington? What's up with that? And the remembrance issue. Why is this person famous? Why are we remembering this event those conversations can all begin with, oh, look at that sign. And you don't have to buy anything. Right. You don't have to do anything. You're in the darn car anyway. <laughs> Use the time with the kids. I mean, the other thing I would say to parents, and of course, I know people listening are going to be like rolling their eyes because, all right, I'll, I'll stop you right there. I'm not a parent, so of course <laughs> it's easy for me. But I would say talk to your kids about events. I know some of the events aren't easy to talk to the little ones about. I mean, good God, some of the things we've seen in the last few months, you don't want to be talking to your second grader about, I know. But let me just tell you this. Don't think that if you don't talk to them about it, they're not hearing it. Because they are hearing it. This world that we live in, that they are growing up in, is so saturated with information all the time, they're hearing it. If you don't talk to them about it, 
they're getting God knows what out of it. Mm -hmm. You have a, I think a parent has an obligation to help them try to understand it and add your own value system, et cetera, your own belief system on top of it, whatever the event or situation might be. But that, I think, is a really important thing that in this day and age of devices and sounds and videos in cars, I have to think we barely had a car growing up, don't mind a video in a car, but that we, we can lose the conversation. Mm -hmm. And if, if there's one thing that's important about social studies instruction and about the education of a child, forget about social studies, the education of a child is that the parents and the child have those conversations. And that leads us to the end of our interview. And we have a segment called Tomorrow, This Week, This Month. With so many changes occurring in 21st century education and learning, what advice can you give to teachers or families to try tomorrow, to try this week, and to try this month? All right. Didn't I just do that? Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Yes, you did. Yes. Um, okay. Well, yeah. You know, talk to your kids. Okay. I, I would say... You know, and I know how busy everybody is, my God. I know how harried everybody's life is and the two jobs or the one bad job or whatever it is. But just start small and try to do it once. You know, just try to talk about one thing today. Mm -hmm. And then maybe two next week and, you know, maybe by Christmas there'll be five things you can talk about <laughs> on a regular basis. But just start it. You know, and it doesn't matter how old the kids are. Kindergarten is, they have many, many strong ideas. And the development of those ideas is happening so quick in those little brains. So start it there and then, but don't stop it. You know, I know the teenagers are messy. And the response to any question is, <clears throat> right. Um, but you got to keep pushing and you got to keep, you know, trying to get in there with them because there is some place that, you know, you, you're, if you're the parent, you should know them better than anybody else. There's some way to get in and get in there with what's important to them or what they feel deeply about and get the conversation going. And another thing to think about uh, when, when speaking of parents and parental involvement and parental help on instruction around social studies or other issues and the communication issue is sometimes parents feel really ill-prepared. Sometimes if a parent doesn't have a full-on education background, if the parent is a newcomer, either new to California or new to the United States, sometimes parents don't feel like they know enough to have these conversations. And I just want to say, and I want to say it from experience, that that shouldn't stop you from talking to your kids. Uh, and the experience that I'm talking about is I'm the son of immigrants. My parents came to New York uh, after the Second World War, and they didn't know. You know, they didn't know how the systems worked. They didn't know how the school worked. They didn't know what, whatever. But they knew a lot of other things. And the conversations that you have with your kids need to be rooted in all that you do know. And if there's some specific thing that you don't know, well, you can find it or the kid can help you. She's going to learn it pretty soon and she can tell you what it is. But don't stop talking to the kids about topics because you think you don't have anything to say about them because they're your kids and you want them to do well. You want them to learn. You want them to understand. You want them to succeed and be active 
participating citizens of this great country. So keep the conversations going. Wow, I really appreciated how he spoke about the common threads in each of these framework documents that teachers are being exposed to right now. In fact, you can find more on these framework documents in the links on our show notes page at www.cnusd.k12.ca.us slash edchat. And yep, it has been confirmed. I was not making the most out of my social studies instruction, but... Now I know just what to do. Awesome. You know, I really love how he spoke about the importance of discourse and listening and understanding others' point of views, especially in our political climate today. I hope it helps our colleagues feel as though teaching social studies isn't an aspect of education to be pushed by the wayside. Mm -hmm. With that, we want to thank you for listening to our chat with Dr. Kevin Caleri, and we hope you join us next time for another engaging interview. We have a favor to ask of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode or any of our other episodes, please spread the word and share on Facebook or Twitter. We appreciate the support. Definitely. Well, everyone take care. See you next time. Sayonara. If you would like to comment on their podcast, go to cnusd.k12.ca.us and be sure to Follow them on Twitter at CNUSD Chat to let them know the topics you are interested in. This episode of CNUSD EdChat was written and produced by Kate Jackson, Ivy Yule Eldridge, Anne Marie Cortez, and me, Kim Kemmer, and edited by Ken Pucci. Mm-hmm.